This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us and hanging out today. My name is Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. And I'm Maura Dooley. And today, it's a special nerd day for <laughs> most of us, I think. I think I like to think that most people enjoy Star Wars. It's May the 4th. Be with you. Well, and you have long enough hair, you actually could make, uh, you know, the Princess Leia buns to put up on both sides of your head. Yes. and It would, it would work. Yeah. I may have done that once or twice. I was going to say, I know? think Lydia's had Younger, those buns before. Although she is awesome. Uh, and yeah, Carrie Fisher, amazing actress as well. She was never, like, I always was a huge hair. I also dressed up as Han Solo nice. uh, when I was younger. Oh. So I was a huge Han mm-hmm. Solo fan. He was kind of just the Wild West cowboy of yeah. outer space, which I really appreciated. But, yeah, this is just a, kind of a fun cultural phenomenon of a day that I think nerd culture has really emerged in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. And it has been fun to watch, especially in Seattle. I think it's a special kind of city. Uh, for this type of thing, there's going to be events around Seattle. So if this is if it, this is your thing, uh, there's even a Star Wars May the Fourth Be With You Star Wars themed bar crawl I hear happening starting at the Crocodile. So if you do go, let us know about it. After May the Fourth, obviously we lead into May the Fifth, otherwise known as Cinco de Mayo. What are your plans for Cinco de Mayo tomorrow? No plans yet, but I'm always down to find a, a margarita and some good Mexican food. So I will. I'll figure it out, Lydia. Right. Yeah, I think, again, if you're looking for events around Seattle, there's probably definitely a ton of people going to be hosting those specific events. I tend to stay home on, on Cinco de Mayo, uh, celebrate with my family. It's a it's a cool holiday. If you are Mexican, it's a different kind of holiday, I will say, since Mexican independence is really in September. But we still yeah. enjoy this type of holiday, and we'll still celebrate and uh, have a margarita, because why not? <laughs> yeah. We can't complain about the weather, because we've had beautiful weather all week, and it's supposed to continue for a few more days. So spring is finally here. Yes, it feels good. I just got back from Colorado Springs, and it was nice while I was there, but a snowstorm was rolling in. So oh, very happy to be back come here. Come back this. to the sunshine and this nice weather. We love it. Well, there'll be plenty for you to do this weekend in that warm weather. In the meantime, what's going on in the headlines this week? First up in the news, uh, this comes from the drinks business. Unicorn Tears Gin Liqueur, not a product I'm familiar with, Mm-mm. but uh, it has been essentially shut down by one of the UK's uh, trade associations because they're concerned that the packaging appeals to little kids. And as uh, we were talking off air about this, we looked at the picture of this. We'll post it on Cast Club Radio for you to look at. It looks like something that would appeal to girls that are probably 6 to 10 years old. It's got a pink liquid inside, a cute little cartoon of a unicorn, and uh, it's called Unicorn Tears. And apparently it's shimmering. Shimmering. It's got glitter in it, too. (laughs) Uh, Now, the company that first put this out uh, claims that they've been doing this for several years, and they actually were getting ready to change the branding and packaging, and and, uh, that this formal notice that came from the agency was not required. And that they were somewhat indignant because ever since they launched in 2015, they said that 
Their success has led to a slew of copycats and awful tasting novelty uh, knockoffs. So they say that they are getting ready to relaunch. And uh, I'm not sure that a relaunch would still want me to try this raspberry gin liqueur with shimmery glitter in it under the name of Unicorn Tears. How about you two? Well, to be fair, they do have, I was researching, looking it up, they do have a couple of other versions of this. They have Mermaid Tears, which is blue and has a mermaid on it. They have Pixie Tears, which is green and has a fairy on it. Yeah. Both of those got complaints against them, too, yes. by the way, but they, I think they won the appeal on those. Yeah. And then the <laughs> Unicorn one, I think, also comes in Blackberry Gin. So there is one where it's just a dark purple. It's not shimmery or anything. It's just the logo of of it on it yeah i honestly i'm a little split i'm a little torn on this one i could see the argument there but i could also see the point of how much are you going to limit people's creativity and ability to design their own packaging that's mm-hmm. the part that i don't know that's a tough that's a tough one because also i think well, pa- parents should be just uh, talking to their kids about these things and telling them like it shouldn't just be based on a label that's well, didn't they have this issue back in the day with the uh, camel cigarettes? They had a cartoon character yeah. as their um, yes. mascot, and they didn't like that it appealed to kids. Sure. And uh, Lunesta, too, I think the the medicine, the sleep medicine, used a butterfly in mm-hmm. their advertisement, and ha- and it was, again, misleading for kids. So I totally understand that. But, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting uh, topic, and maybe not one that's going away anytime soon. Well, I think they should come up with a fourth derivative product uh, called Alligator Tears, given uh, how they're pushing back on this. uh, Next up in the news, uh, and this kind of is a segue from that story into this one, Disneyland, uh, the Disney Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, is adding two additions this year. Uh, One of them is the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, which will have a spa. Uh, it will have a Beauty and the Beast-themed bar and lounge also uh, moving into the resort. And so we move from unicorn tears and attraction to young kids to now the happiest place on earth with a Beauty and the Beast-themed bar and lounge. How do you feel about this addition to Disney World? Uh, well, I I enjoy Disneyland. I'm not a huge, huge Disney person. I do think I remember a time when they were adamant against having any type of alcohol uh, related to the to Disneyland or Disney World involved. Mm-hmm. So they've come a long way. I think just in my lifetime of how they're embracing this industry and seeing it's too big of an industry to not be involved in. And also we have to find creative ways to get adults to come here as well. Yeah, I think that uh, families are going and spending a lot of time there yes. over, over a few days usually. And I think it's... They're, they're trying to give the parents a, a place to, to relax a little bit. And how many adults, well, a, too, do you see that, that really do enjoy Disneyland? They are either want to get married there or they just true. genuinely enjoy it. And they probably want to be able to have a drink. And this just is another thing that adds to their, their appeal. Yeah, so a couple of details about the offering. Uh, you don't need a ticket to the park to get in. They've got a separate entrance to this Beauty and the Beast-themed bar. And more importantly, they say ball gowns are not necessary, but mm-hmm. also not really suggested. Yeah, so, nice. Um, yeah, <laughs> no need to show up in character. Yeah. That's right. And lastly in the news, Budweiser has uh, announced a 50th anniversary of the moon landing, and they are going to be uh, dedicated and honoring that with their new Discovery Reserve American Red Lager. It's in uh, the shorter, uh, stubbier-type bottles. Uh, it's inspired by 
the recipe of the time during the Apollo moon missions. Discovery Reserve is made with medium roast Voyager barley malt and features a light hoppy aroma, toasted barley malt taste, and a hint of toppy and sharp finish, and no word on whether or not they use the dreaded corn syrup in the brew. (laughs) Okay. Well, I wonder if people who are still... You know, thinking the moon landing was fake will be in denial of this fear as well. <laughs> we'll find out. That's awesome. <laughs> Coming up on Cast Club Radio, we've become even more obsessed about everything going into our drinks these days, as probably we should be reading those ingredient labels or going online at least to find out what's in our drinks. There might be some ingredients that shock you that they're included in spirits. We'll explain. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. We teased it before the break. There might be a few ingredients in spirits that you're drinking that might surprise you. And we found this list from the spirits business. Justin, will you start us off? Yeah, the headline, uh, spirits with shocking ingredients, and it's got the, the teaser intro. It says, beaver secretion, scorpions, and elephant dung are just some of the outlandish ingredients used in spirits. And then they take a look at these, and we're going to start with the first one. South African gin brand called Ibu Inlovu uses essential ingredients sourced from elephant dung that has been washed and dried. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a misnomer in there because, I, I don't know, are there essential ingredients from ele- elephant dung? That's, you know. But to continue on, to create the gin, they collect fresh dung from foraging elephants. They then dry it, crumble it sterilize it. Once processed, the botanicals extracted from the dung are infused into the gin, giving it a unique African flavor. Botanicals? Uh, That's not I how guess I unprocessed, think like, uh, Yeah, leaves and uh, stuff. Oh, For its first batch of gin, the brand collected dung from the elephants of the Botlierskop Game Reserve in South Africa. Uh, so how do we feel about elephant dung essential botanical gin? Can't do it. Yeah, I'm out. I'm, that's going to hard pass <laughs> for me. Okay. Well, so. now realize when you when you make spirits and you distill this stuff, everything comes off at a very high proof. There are no viruses or any kind of bacteria. Mm-hmm. It essentially comes out of pure alcohol. It's so. still just the knowledge uh, of what it once was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. maybe it's the ignorance is bliss mentality. Maybe if you didn't know going into it, you'd be fine with it. But yeah, Would you feel I agree. different. Would you feel different if they were gathering the elephant dung and using it as manure on plants and the plants were growing and then they would harvest the plants and then uh, make those into botanicals through the distillation process? I mean, I guess that happens and we don't think yes, about it for sure. Exactly. But... Right. Okay. Just, I'm just wondering. Yeah. Just wondering. Okay. So uh, next up, uh, this was a joint venture between gin producer Cambridge Distillery in the UK and Nordic Food Lab. It is a 40% ABV gin containing the essence of approximately 62 wood ants. 62 is an exact number. It's not an approximate number, but neither here nor there. Also known <laughs> as Formica rufa, the red wood ant is found in large colonies all around the northern hemisphere. The ants defend their homes from invaders by producing formic acid in their abdomens, which is then sprayed at the enemies. The carboxylic acid is a reactive compound found in alcohol that acts as an agent for producing aromatic esters. Carboxylic acid uh, has kind of a very foul, pungent 
odor to it. But after you go through the process, uh, it does turn on these aromatic esters, and the aromatics come off with a very nice, flavorable type aromatics. They call this anti-gin, A-N-T-Y. Uh, the ants are sourced from the forests of Kent, England, and combined with botanicals including wood avens, nettles, and alexander seeds, as well as Bulgarian juniper. Juniper, of course, being the base for uh, gin flavors. Uh, cocktail bitter ranges also uh, are experimenting with insects using toasted crickets to add a sweet, nutty note to the drink. So, uh, ladies, how do we feel about anti-gin? And has this been come, come up before? I feel like we've talked I think about... we did read a, sim- a similar one on when we were looking at some shocking ingredients before. I, I said I would try it. I, I think I would be okay with this one, too, as well. I'd at least give it a whirl. Can't tell you that it would be on my list of favorites, <laughs> but... I'd probably give at least a taste. How about okay. you? Would you want to order that gin uh, as a cocktail with your serving of crickets at the mm. T-Mobile Park? Yeah, I wonder if that would pairing, flavor pairing, that would work well. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> yeah. Maybe too much insect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up on the list, Critters Bitters currently comprises two flavors. We're not making the name up, people. That is actually called Critters <laughs> Bitters. It's toasted cricket bitters, and pure cricket tincture. The founders successfully launched a crowdfunding campaign to raise $21,000 to bring their bitters to a wider audience in late uh, 2015. They exceeded their uh, target by raising a little over 25000 According to their campaign, more than 2 billion people globally already eat insects on a regular basis. So uh, they decided to make two flavors of bitters, toasted cricket bitters and pure cricket tincture. No description here on how they actually make it, so uh, I'm wondering, what do you think about these two uh, products? Well, I'm wondering what the that bitters will uh, add to your drink. I know it's normally mm-hmm. kind of a bitters, like we talked about last week, is kind of a finisher that it adds a, just a little overall note or hint to something. So I wonder what that would. I still haven't got gotten to try the toasted crickets at Safe or sorry T-Mobile Park. That's mm-hmm. always so hard for me. So oh, I don't even know what they taste like. Yeah, Justin, have you had the chance to taste the crickets yet? I've not, I've not, uh, but I, if I run across them, I will, uh, I'll, I'll let you know how they go. Okay. Uh, next up on the list, the scorpions bred in southern China, which have been farm raised and had the poison removed. Uh, they add smoothness and additional woody flavor to something called scorpion vodka. Uh, the scorpions are put through a three-month detoxification process before the vodka is released to the public. To ensure that it's not poisonous. Oh, that's good. Uh, when the bottle, <laughs> yeah, when the bottle of vodka is finished, the scorpion can be eaten. So it's actually in the bottle with you. Yeah, I'm not sure. Look, uh, you always have to be worried about stuff coming from overseas that says, you know, trust us, we tested it. There's no poison in it. And to know that it started off with poison, I'd be a little leery. You just don't know what the guidelines are there. As far as if it's been checked. Uh, yeah, I don't know that you can the way that it would trust here. the guidelines. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone so the scorpion at the end reminds me of? Uh, has anyone ever eaten the tequila worm? I've never been brave enough. I've had a lot of tequila in my me life, either. but never been brave enough. I no, admire people I, who I do. No, I don't usually. I don't usually uh, dalliance with uh, tequila myself. But we'll have to ask Dane. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like yes, Dane. Dane, Dane would be an expert. Worm. Great person. Yeah. <laughs> you should. You should ask Jennifer about a few of her uh, college ex- experiences around that. She might have some interesting stories for you. Okay. Um, good. Love it. <laughs> Earlier this month, U.S. spirits producer called Tamsworth Distilling unveiled a grasshopper secretion-infused bourbon. So, Mm. one more time, a grasshopper secretion 
infused bourbon. It's called Late de Romelia Bourbon, which means milk of grasshopper. Uh, it's said to be surprisingly delightful with a floral, rosy, and fruity nose that leads to flavors of plum, berry, subtle tobacco. How do you, I'm not sure how you would milk the secretion of a grasshopper efficiently to produce that in scale. They said it's the same uh, way post- they do it with snakes to make antivenom. Mm, crazy. Okay. It's crazy. Post extraction, the milk or foam uh, from the secretion is fermented with black tea leaves. The liquid is then refluxed in acidic ethanol to create the final chemical arrangements before being dehydrated and infused into the bourbon. Uh, sounds like a fascinating process. Grasshopper secretion infused bourbon. I'm just going to leave that one right there and let it linger for a second. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these really uh, are like insect related or uh, insect themed. And my, my question whenever this happens too is always who is the first person? Yeah. There's always oh, got to yeah. be like one person who initially comes up with this idea and dreams it up and is like, this is a good and idea. And is confident that there's a market for it. And That's the crazy part. It. It's yeah. amazing. Well, so the same folks at Tamsworth, that was not their first foray into funky flavor profiles. They previously released Odie Musk. Uh, it is a limited edition whiskey infused with beaver castorium, which is a secretion from the castor sacs of the North American beaver and the European beaver. It's used by beavers along with urine to mark their territory with the scent. They claim the two... Doesn't strike you as the first thing you might want to put in a beverage. No, hard pass. No, (laughs) no. They they say the full-bodied two-year-old whiskey has a, quote, bolstered mouthfeel with a vanilla nose and notes of spice. I wonder what is bolstering that mouthfeel. The beaver castorium has been combined with birch oil, raspberry, and Canadian snake root a woody spice similar to ginger. Professional trappers and outdoor skill instructors provided the distillery with the castorium sacks, which would have otherwise been discarded because no one else on planet Earth decides to use castorium sacks from the uh, North American beaver or the European beaver, except these people at Tamsworth Distilling. I'm speechless. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Some things I feel like are okay to pass on. (laughs) If you try any of the drinks that we mentioned, though, make sure to let us know because we would be very curious to hear what you think of them. I would would say that it took an extra set of cojones for these guys to make that. Uh, (laughs) Coming up next on Cast Club Radio, well, Mother's Day is next Sunday. you got to get your reservation. So we're going to talk to India Lathan, the bar manager at Cafe Flora, and find out what they've got going on for brunch for not only food, but also cocktails. That's next on Cast Club Radio. Club Radio. I'm Maura Dooley, and I am about to talk to India Lathan, the bar manager of Cafe Flora, because we have Mother's Day brunch coming up next Sunday. And whether your mom is a vegetarian or not, I have eaten brunch at Cafe Flora before, and I'm not a vegetarian, and it is delicious. So, India, I'm happy to talk to you about your Mother's Day brunch going on there. All right. Hi. <laughs> you are the bar manager there, correct? I am, yes. So, how did you end up at Cafe Flora? Well, I am a I'm a Midwest transplant actually. So <laughs> I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin originally. And I had worked in I was a longtime vegetarian, you know, since I was a teenager. Um and I had worked in vegetarian food for a long time. I had gone on to some fine dining that wasn't vegetarian. 
but all throughout the meantime, I was still, um, I did have a long-term uh, volunteer job at a natural food co-op. And so vegetarian food and local food and community were things that were always just things that were personal interests of mine. So when I moved to Seattle and started looking for work, you know, I tried a few different things, but I kind of wanted to get back into that sort of vegetarian experience. And after being, after a friend took me to Cafe for brunch, it just kind of became of a, a sense of I want to work there. So I specifically tried to get a job at Cafe Flora. And um, so I've been there. I've been in Seattle for just about three and a half years. I've been at Cafe Flora um, almost the whole time um, I've been here. And I just became the bar manager about a year and a half ago, I believe. Um, so it was really fun to step into that role. And I don't know, just have some fun with it. <laughs> Yeah, and I know Cafe Flora is very eco-conscious. It is vegetarian cuisine. It's it's really delicious and done really well. Have they had you carry that over into the bar program as well? I have carried it over into the bar program. Um, one of the one of the things I was interested in was you know really really paying attention to our wine list. So I kind of made some changes to our wine menu as I stepped into the position. I wanted to, you know, have a little bit more of a focus on sustainable and vegan-friendly wines and salmon-safe wines and biodynamic and organic. And just, you know, people were, there was definitely a lot more interest in those things. Um, so I wanted to focus on those things as far as wine was concerned. Um, we've always had mostly local wines, but we, you know, we've limited it to Washington, Oregon. We just opened it up in California this past year. But yeah, so wine selection, beer, we only do local beers as well. And then with the cocktails, using lots of local distilleries, local ingredients, and lots of homemade things as well, which has been really fun. Um, so instead of offering, for instance, we don't offer any sodas, any commercial sodas, but we do make fruit and herb fizzes that are kind of our take on, you know, something sweet and bubbly that's made with less sugar and is more interesting, actually, to me. Yeah, I was taking a look on top of, like I said, the vegetarian options on the menu. I feel like you also have quite a few options for people, even if they're not drinking, some great mocktails with some of the house-made tonics and syrups and everything that you have. We do offer, whether you're a non-drinker or just not drinking, you know, for that meal period, we do offer lots of non-alcoholic beverages. And we've sort of expanded those as well. We've been making more and more of those. So, you know, we have our seasonal fizzes that I was telling you about, um, three of which we'll have on Mother's Day. We'll have three different flavors of, of fizzes. Um, but we also have some really nice health tonics and fresh juices. And new this past year, I started making a golden milk that's really delicious. That has really nice anti-inflammatory properties. Yeah, turmeric so good for and, you too, yeah. And black pepper. And that's, yeah, that's something, something people really love as well. So that's a hugely popular menu item as well. And I'm looking at the juices. It's not like you just have orange and grapefruit. There's pineapple, fennel, ginger, carrot, orange, lime. That's uh, that's awesome. And I'm sure you could get creative with mimosas yeah. with that as well. <laughs> Definitely. So for mimosas, we offer just our, you know, the normal orange mimosas. We offer grapefruit mimosas. And then we make some with our homemade juices. We do have a house rosemary lemonade um, that yeah. we use as a standalone lemonade. We use it in our house cocktail, the rosemary lemon drop, and we also make mimosas with it. Um, so we'll be serving those on Mother's Day. Um, so orange grape with the rosemary lemon. We also have a cranberry ginger cider that's oh. also, once again, available as a standalone beverage or in a mimosa. So that's a really fun twist on the typical mimosa. 
I have been in for brunch and had the Bloody Mary there, which is amazing. I know you do a jalapeno-infused vodka, but also it was just kind of a work of art. All of the pickled vegetables that you use are are these bright, amazing colors. I ended up, I don't really take a lot of pictures of my food and drinks, but I ended up taking a picture of it and putting it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good that you couldn't resist. I'm definitely, yeah, definitely not a big food picture taker, but every now and then something is just beautiful. You can't help it, but. Yeah, our Bloody Marys are awesome. We do a house-made um, roasted jalapeno and cucumber vodka. And then we do our house Bloody Mary mix, which, of course, is vegetarian, so we use no Worcestershire. We use a nice, uh, rich mushroom au jus that we make for our signature Wellington dish, so we use that in the Bloody Mary mix. Um, Mama's little peppers, a nice little local pepper that people love for spice. So it's just really fresh-tasting and really great, and our um, executive chef, she makes so many great pickles for the Bloody Marys. So there's things with just pickled star fruit and pickled grapes and pickled fennel. And just we just have a lot of fun pickling, trying different pickles and anything you can imagine. We'll try to pickle it and put it on there just so we have a nice variety. Yeah, it's such a great attention to detail. And like I said, I've been in for brunch. I had the biscuits and gravy, which is it did not taste vegetarian at all. It was amazing. And I've had vegetarian biscuits and gravy before that was really bland. <laughs> so I'm a big fan. But what about dinner? Can you tell us a little more about the cocktail program for dinner and happy hour? Yeah, our dinner cocktail menu, there are some, you know, we do have basically three house cocktails, the rosemary lemon drop that I mentioned. We have one drink called the Madison, which is Cafe Flora's taken in Manhattan. That's made with an Earl Grey infused sweet vermouth. Yum. Um, once again, using a local tea company, Modern Deep and 15th, um, we use all of their teas in our restaurants, so we often infuse those. And then our other house cocktail is called the Pin Trees. It is a Douglas fir infused tequila cocktail, and that one's really fun because we actually have to go out and forage the wild branches of Douglas fir, and we steep it in tequila for a long time. Oh, um, wow. It just gets better and better the longer you steep it. And that's a really great cocktail as well because that one is a cocktail that the sales of it directly benefit the Ten Trees uh, camp. So it's a, it's a charity cocktail. 10% of the sales go directly to Camp Ten Trees. Oh, that's awesome. And I know that Cafe Flora is really big on community. You're in a great spot there in Madison Valley, um, but it does get really busy on the weekends. Can you make reservations for brunch? Yes, for our normal, in our normal time period, we take reservations for large parties, so parties of six or more. Um, so we do do lots of walk-ins. So for smaller parties, um, don't be afraid. We're not going to turn you away. You know, there could be a wait, but we do take groups of all sizes. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, make a reservation if you have a large group. If you don't have a large group, come on in. We have a coffee station for brunch. You can come in and grab a cup of coffee and wait. And oftentimes people will kind of hang out you know, around Madison Street at the little shops and things and kind of sat back, you know, when the, when the weather's nice. And you can kind of just like sip on coffee and, and walk around. Yeah, it's such a cute neighborhood. So even if you have to wait a little while, it's not too bad. Yeah, definitely. And we do have a very large, you know, we have three different dining rooms. And the, when the weather is nice, we also have a back verb garden. So in addition to the atrium, which everyone loves with the fountain and the open windows, there's also an herb garden that opens up and the weather is nice. So there's, there's lots of room for everyone. But yeah, if you don't have a reservation, don't be afraid to just come and end for any meal period. Our prefix menus are reservation only, and for those, we do take reservations of all sizes. So if you haven't made a reservation for Mother's Day, I'm not sure how many spots they have open. I've been out in the Olympic Peninsula on this farm for a few days, so 
definitely call and, you know, we'll attempt to use it the best of our ability. Yes. And if you don't get in for Mother's Day, maybe take her another day because it's a great brunch. You mentioned that you're out on the Olympic Peninsula. We were talking before we got on air that you were worried there might be peacocks <laughs> making sounds in the background. What what all is going on at the at the farm that you're at? <laughs> well, it's actually an ex-cafe farm. who moved out to a farm. I mean, I'm at Sawtooth Farm right now. There's lots of sheep. There's lots of little baby. There's six little lambs running around and some goats. And the peacocks were a new addition. Aww. They're actually being liberated. So they got them about three weeks when they've been feeding them to you know, get them used to the area. But today is their release day, so I'll be here for when they're released and they'll just kind of be in the wild around the farm. That sounds awesome. Around. So, yeah, it's been really fun. There's, a you know, 18 baby chickens and a handful of ducklings. And, yeah, it's been a really great spot. My parents were farmers, so once again, just tying into all that thing, it's just kind of, you know, community and food and sustainable things just kind of very important to me. So, I don't know, I think it all kind of ties together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm glad we caught you while you're out there. That sounds really cool. Well, yeah. I, before you go, can you tell everyone where they can find Cafe Flora online or how they can find you on social media? Yes, we do have um, an Instagram, Cafe Flora Veg, an Instagram. We have a website where you can check out all of our menus. Um, it says cafeflora.com. You can check out, we have a different menu for brunch for weekday breakfast and lunch, for dinner, um, for different prefixes coming up. We will also be offering brunch and Memorial Day. So if you don't make it in for Mother's Day, if you want a nice Monday, it's your day off brunch, you don't get in very often. That's a great day to stop in for brunch as well. So Monday the 27th and Memorial Day, we'll be serving brunch there as well. Yeah, that's Um, a great idea. Yeah, it's so great. And also if you're traveling and looking for a vegetarian meal, Florette, which is the sister restaurant to Cafe Flora, opened up in Tech about a year ago. So it's one of the rare places you can have a home-cooked, sit-down vegetarian meal quickly while you're traveling. Um, so that's always highly recommended as well if you're coming in and out of the city. Yes, I was traveling this last weekend and I saw it, but I didn't have time. But especially now that I know that they're associated, I'm going to have to check it out when I fly again in June. Yeah, Matt, the owner, he concentrated on, on Cafe Fleur only. This is only placed for, I believe, almost a decade now. So Florette's a new addition. And then coming soon, um, there'll be more information about this in the future, but there is a bake shop. There'll be a third Cafe Fleur affiliated place opening up in Beacon Hill. Oh, nice. So we'll be start to bake all of our own desserts and things from that location for all of our restaurants. So we're just, I don't know, we're growing and lots of fun, exciting things to look out for. Awesome. Well, India, thank you so much for joining us. And I will have to get down there and try some more of these awesome cocktails. I'm pretty excited. But I'll let you get back to playing with all those awesome animals on the farm. That sounds pretty fun, too. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Coming up next on Cast Club Radio, our friend Distiller Dane with his latest top five. As always, he's got recommendations for food and drinks and new places you should check out. It's up next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio right now, joined by one of our favorite people, Distiller Dane. How are you, my friend? I am doing good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Awesome. Are, are you enjoying the holiday weekend? You've got May the 4th be with you today and then, of course, Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. Are you having fun? Yeah, it's a it's a busy weekend. It's kind of nice that it lined up like that. So I'll be I'll be celebrating. Good. <laughs> Which one are you celeb- are you bigger fan of? 
Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to pick. I am a Star Wars fan, so nice. um, I don't nerd out too much in it, but I'll I'll probably enjoy a flick or two okay. um, today. And cool. Then, uh, I'll definitely uh, get into the theme for tomorrow with the festivities. Well. <laughs> Love it. Well, until then, to, to tide us over, I'm sure you've got five great things for us to uh, pay attention to, follow, drink, eat, do in your latest top five. Will you start us off? Yes. Number one on my list, I haven't had the chance to go here, but it recently just opened, and I'm excited to check it out, and that is the new McMinniman's Elk Temple in Tacoma. Oh, nice. They took That's over the old Elk Temple Lodge, and uh, they added a music hall in there, and it's already getting uh, bookings, like the Melvins are coming into town, and it has five restaurants throughout the whole facility. One of them is actually a Spanish uh, tapas bar, uh, which I'm very excited to check out. But there's also apparently a hidden bar called the vault in it um, and then you have to go around the building to search for and I'm assuming there's a nice Ooh. whiskey collection in there. You always find the hidden bars. I know. Speakeasies, any place you have to, you know, have a weird code or <laughs> tap on a door somewhere, I feel like you find your way into it. I have faith in you. What's number two on your list? Uh, number two on my list and I kind of came across this on accident but it is actually jalapeno bread which I for some reason have never had this one before but I was eating dinner with some friends and I couldn't tell where this pepper flavor was coming from, but it's delicious. And the whole time I thought it was something in the food, uh, but we all realized it was in the bread. And the bread is mysterious because it was actually picked up at another party, and no one knows, no one knows <laughs> who brought it to that one. And then we were eating it, and it was absolutely delicious. But you don't know how to find it again? <laughs> I am on the search, so if anyone knows where to find it, let me know. But. I've always had, like, the jalapeno cheese bread, but this one kind of yeah. caught me off guard because there's no cheese on it, and it was almost like it was uh, just kind of rubbed on top of the bread. Like, you couldn't even almost see the pieces in there. It had the perfect amount of heat to it. Nice. nice. I love anything the with mystery, jalapeno. The mystery of the traveling jalapeno bread. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number three. Number three on my list is the gin old-fashioned. Because with the sun shining longer every day, we've actually been having really good weather lately. I've been looking for kind of a brighter version of a classic cocktail. Um, and I found a place that made one, so I tried to recreate it at home. And, of course, it led me straight to the gin. Um, so the best way to do it is just to pick your favorite gin. I always double down on orange bitters with it. And then I like to get the big ice cubes and then drop a big glob of honey on top of it. Ooh. Ooh I like that. Instead of a sugar cube? I like to use the honey, yes, instead of the sugar cube. That's awesome. That's a great idea. And no bitters. No bitters at all? You no, said orange bitters. down on the bitters, but I like to use oh, double the down orange bitters. ones. Okay. Double yeah. down. Got it. Okay. Great. Number four. Uh, number four, a little unique because I normally don't spend too much time in the store, but I recently went there um, and I was actually shocked about how many dogs are actually in there. And so number four is dogs being allowed inside Home Depot. <laughs> mm. Nice. Mm. I really, yeah, when I went there, I almost felt bad that I actually left my dog in the car and didn't bring him inside, but they were all over the place, and it's kind of in people's shopping carts and just walking next to them, and it's kind of cool to see a major establishment so dog-friendly and everyone kind of adhering to it, too. Yeah, dogs have a vested interest in landscaping and yard work. In you know, that's their area. And garden, absolutely. <laughs> Clean up yeah, on aisle three. Real. <laughs> all right, number four. <laughs> Next I'm sorry, number list. five. Uh, we already did number four. We're on yeah, number, number five. Number five, yeah. Uh, number five on my list, relating back to the hot days we've been having and getting into summer. Um, I've got to prepare myself to wash down those old-fashioned gins uh, with a nice, refreshing pills there. Um, one of my favorite ones for many years has been coming out of uh, Cream Brewing out in Hood River, Oregon. 
Um, and they probably produce my all-time favorite American-made Pilsner. They used to originally only be available in bottles, and they just released it in a rebranded six-pack can, so you can find them on the shelves around you. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Nice. And you Very can good. either go for the uh, you know cocktail that you make at home that's a little bit fancier or, or a nice Pilsner. Good recommendations. Uh, Dane, we have to ask you before you go, we were talking last segment about how all of us were not brave enough to have eaten a tequila worm before, and I thought that it was possible that you have. Have you? You're brave enough. I definitely have. Uh, Actually, I knew it. When I was younger, still have legal drinking age. I think one of my siblings went to Mexico and then brought me back, I think, a variety pack of five 50 mils, each one a different tequila, and each one had a worm in it. Wow. Uh, so I, I do have to remind you, too, uh, that... Uh, Dane went to school at Wazoo, so I don't know why this shocks anyone. <laughs> True. Cougs, cougs can usually... I, I've been very skinny fearless. I've eaten the worm as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. All right. All right, Dane, back to work. Thanks, All Dane. Right. Well, before we head out of here, we always have a nice cocktail recipe for you to try at home. This week's is themed appropriately for this weekend. Justin, take it away. We call this the Vodka Rita in honor of Cinco de Mayo. And uh, this is one of those uh, variety types you can make at home. It starts off with two ounces of our flavored vodkas. Um, you can pick any one of our lineup, blood orange, mango, lavender, citrus, uh, have some amazing uh, flavored vodkas. Uh, and four ounces of Dimitri's Margarita Mix. We've been partnering up with the folks at Dimitri's and his Margarita Mix Artificial flavors, preservatives, uh, artificial sugars, a great product, and uh, a squeeze of lime. So you want to uh, rim your glass with a little bit of salt or sugar. Start off by rubbing that lime all the way around it, dipping it upside down in salt or sugar. Add some ice cubes. Add two ounces of your favorite flavored vodka from Heritage Distilling. Add the four ounces of margarita mix. Squeeze the lime over the top and garnish it with a fresh lime wheel. And if you really want to go uh, all out, we take a BSB floater and we just kind of float a little bit of BSB on the top and uh, adds a little bit of uh, extra uh, cinnamon and brown sugar uh, spiciness and flavor to the vodka rita and uh, great on a beautiful hot day that we are expecting tomorrow. Love it. Sounds very refreshing. And yes, please enjoy your fun in the sun. Enjoy your holiday weekend. As always, you can catch this recipe along with all the other cocktail recipes available at heritagedistilling.com where you can download episodes of the podcast as well. That's right. You can send us emails to caskclubradio at heritagedistilling.com. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Cask Club Radio. You can find us at heritagedistilling.com. And uh, we also have a very active Pinterest board. Lots of cocktail ideas, lots of uh, ideas for how to start to host spring events and how to incorporate uh, cocktails and spirits into those events. And, of course, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Well, love it. Everybody, again, have a great and safe weekend, and we will see you back here next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.